This week on Tips from the Top Floor, I have a few announcements. You could become the next big podcast star. And Bernie has questions about his project to organize and find photos of hundreds of thousands of ancient Irish grave records. This episode is brought to you by Nations Photo Lab. Refresh your wall decor with Nations Photo Lab. Choose from classic photo prints, museum quality canvas prints, breathtakingly vibrant metal prints, rustic wood print wraps, and so much more. Ordering online is easy, so you can turn your Instagrams into instant memories that will last a lifetime. Make every moment matter and try Nations Photo Lab today. Head to nationsphotolab.com and use code TOPFLOOR for 15% off your order. This is Tips from the Top Floor 865 for May the 2nd, 2019. Tips from the top, from the top floor, tips from the top, Welcome, it's Chris. You are listening to Tips from the Top Floor, the longest-running photography show on the planet. Uh, I have two bits of, two, two. I think very interesting bits of um, kind of housekeeping-related stuff uh, right here in the beginning. Um, first is we're casting for a podcast co-host. I haven't seen anyone else doing this, but um, this is about the future of photography. The other. Uh, photo one of the other photo podcasts that i do together with adrian and uh, we we've been doing this for over a year now and the show is really uh has really managed to develop its fan base but in the end if you look at the show it's two dudes in their 40s not really that diverse you know um and of course that also kind of reflects a bit in how we think about things even though i kind of i kind of say i'm forward looking person i'm uh, always curious about things to say with adrian we are also both kind of rooted in the old ways of doing things we both are film photographers and uh, I, I think that makes for an interesting mix but we're looking for a new voice for the future of photography just to yeah add more diversity make it mix it up you know uh, and this is not a replacement of adrian or myself it's an addition so we're looking for a three host team um and uh yeah we want to we want a fresh perspective and um we want to increase our diversity as well so of, of course if you if, if if this is for you if you if you think this is something that you could be doing of course uh it helps if you're curious uh, if you're into photography <laughs> obviously um but you don't have to be the photo nerd right it, it helps if you have experience talking into microphones. Um, but lo don't let that deter you. What we value even more is if you're if you're fearless to try out something new. And um, we really only have like three hard requirements here. Number one, you should be more or less fluent in English. Um, you second you should have a decent internet connection it's just a technical necessity to get the recordings done in a good way because um, this is a remote thing and last but not least you should be able to more or less commit to recording a weekly show because we have so far managed to keep the future photography pretty much on point i think we had one or two exceptions and we want to keep it that way this it's important to have a regular offering here uh, and, and to be absolutely 100% clear, this is not a paid job. There's no money in this, at least not at this point. We're not making any money with the future photography at this point. So, uh, yeah, just 
to make this very clear. But if if that even slightly sounds interesting to you, and if you think you can add that different perspective, this different diverse perspective uh, to those two middle-aged dudes that we are, then maybe give it a try. And here's what you do. Uh, record a one-minute audio piece in which you tell us about yourself and why you think you'd be a good fit for this. And don't worry about, like, if you don't have a super microphone, audio quality at this point is secondary. It's not important. That's something we can always fix. But uh, uh, don't worry too, too much about that. Just take your smartphone, use your voice memo app. Um, we're looking we're looking for personality and for a curious mind who isn't afraid to speculate <laughs> and who's not afraid to be wrong every now and then. So yeah, record that one minute piece and send it to us. There's a link in the show notes for you um, to find some more information on that. Maybe you're the next co-host of the future of photography. Uh, he, here's another announcement. Um, uh, this is about the photo tours. You know, you know, a lot of work and planning goes into creating a new photo tour. Well, if you don't know, then yeah, just try to imagine what it takes to get all those loose strings and tie them together and. Uh, and it's especially difficult and especially hard work for the ones that I love to do. The ones that, that, that take you to the places that not many others go to. I mean, that's, that's, that's really a point where, where, that I'm really proud of, that we take people to places that, that where you won't run into too many other tourists. Uh, those places that you can't just drive up to with a bus and take your holiday snaps and get on the bus, back on the bus. We do some of that, but it's usually in places that are off the beaten track and that makes it difficult to organize because in other places you just you just ring up a hotel and book a bunch of rooms and that's it but um sometimes you have to kind of create these experiences and we're always looking at providing these experiences and that's photographic experiences of course um that's one of the things that we we want for ourselves but of course first and foremost for our clients and that is the 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 photo the photography being extraordinary and then there's the cultural experiences that that are one of a kind kind of the life-changing moments you know that you will not get anywhere else so um i'm happy that to, to be able to say that i've just put two new photo tours online for next year on my website for 2020 and uh the, the, these are really these took a while because they are not uh not the run-of-the-mill the first one you you already know the February 2020 the big ice journey on on and around Lake Baikal um that has been on the website for a couple of months now I think um and Siberia is just this amazing place I've been there twice before this is this would be my third time and I once said I won't do the same thing twice uh more than twice like the first time going there is kind of it, it, it's all new it's all wonderful and then the second time you kind of know where it is and the third time it starts getting boring at least for me and i'm still true to that because this is a very different itinerary from the two that we did before um we'll still be on the ice plenty of that actually and around the lake and on the lake um but we'll with the black ice you know the big the big six foot thick ice sheet that you can drive on and walk on and look through because it's so amazingly clear uh, but we will have more more of a base camp like a hotel on Olcon island right on the lake and that'll be our home base from where we'll explore the surroundings 
and uh, this this gives us different experiences, different possibilities, and uh, really looking forward to that. That's in February. Temperatures are not Siberian cold there. I mean, we're still talking minus ten Celsius probably, but not like minus forty. At forty, minus forty Fahrenheit, minus forty Celsius, about the same. Uh, but yeah, February is getting towards the end of the winter, and it's not quite as crispy anymore. And uh, of course, the organizer, local lo- local point people, uh, they have warm clothing for us, so you won't even have to do a lot of shopping for that. That's in February, and if you're always wondered what it's like to be on six foot thick ice on top of the world's largest freshwater resource, which like Baikal is with like 20% of the world's freshwater, uh, then this tour might be for you. Um, But here are the two new tours that um, we've just kind of tied up some loose ends on and uh, they're ready to put on the website on discoverthetopfloor.com. And the first brings us back to Ethiopia, which, yeah, I've been to twice um, once with a group, and uh, it's it's one of the, those just amazingly diverse and beautiful countries um, that will be in March 2020. And uh, we're not just traveling through Ethiopia; we will visit specifically visit the tribes of the Omo Valley. Now, the Omo Valley is is kind of one of these big and important world heritage sites, and. Uh, the Omo River is the largest Ethiopian river outside the Nile Basin, and its uh, its lower valley is where it's at because uh, this has been a region of like migration for various cultures and ethnic groups uh, for a long time. And we're especially going there to visit the tribes in the valley, which includes, uh, yeah, I've, I've had to look them up: the Dorze, the Tsemai, the Dasenech, the Karo, the Morsi, the Orom. Oromoya and and others and this is not a tourist heavy area by any stretch i mean uh i would i would even go as far uh saying it's rather the opposite and uh to make this even an even more exciting uh experience is we are so lucky to have a guide who has grown up in the omo area he speaks uh, English, he speaks... Uh, the, what's more important, he speaks all the different languages and dialects there. I mean, Ethiopia is such a diverse country. There's so many cultures, languages, dialects that you need someone who is a local and who knows his way around and uh, talking to them and, and helping us also kind of get accepted into tribes to be able to pretty much be with them and, and, and do photography there without annoying them and this is this is a very unique opportunity and uh so so our guide is is definitely a key factor in this and uh we're we're looking at some really genuine experiences and we will spend time with the different cultures Uh, this is not a tourist spectacle this is not places that are full of tourists and they will put a show up for us no we are going to be uh among these people uh, while they go about their daily life, which is very, very exciting. This is not a tourist spectacle. This is much, much deeper. So that's in March 2020. And then last but not least in April 2020, I'm so very happy to be able to go back to one very special place. I've been there twice. Again, (laughs) it's the third time, but I can't wait to get back. And uh, I'm talking about the land of the Thunder Dragon, 
the kingdom of happiness. It's Bhutan. Bhutan in the Himalayas. And again, this is the third time I'm going there. This time, uh, it's again a very different itinerary. That's why it took a while to get this together. But uh, we will kick this off with a big sort of bang, you know. Which uh, We will start in Paro, where pretty much every tourist has to come in through Paro. That's the, the capital. And... Um, We will, of course, also start there. You will fly in either from Kathmandu or from Delhi. The whole flight situation is it's pretty straightforward, actually. And we will get support from our um, local company that does the organization for us there. Um, but the Big Bang is not Paro itself, which is already spectacular. No, it's the Paro Cheku Festival, which is the most popular religious dance festival in Bhutan. And it has been held annually since the 17th century. So this is something that it pretty much hasn't changed since, right? Um, it's And it's also a wonderful photo op because it's a social gathering where, where like people come together dressed in their finest. So you will have a lot of amazing looking people. And uh, did I mention they are among the most friendly people on earth? Um so I, I do expect some really spectacular people photography there. But that's only the part because, uh, a part of that, because Bhutan in general, like they have really kept their old ways. Um, and Bhutan has only opened uh, for tourism back in, I think, in 1974. And they only allow like a very limited number of tourists in into the country every year. And... That probably makes it one of the most exclusive tourist destinations in the world today. But then in, instead of doing the, the same as we did two times before, where we just kind of kept in the west of the country, because that's that's all easily accessible or at least easy enough. Um, instead of that, we will head east through Bhutan. We'll go further east into Bhutan than most people do. We get to see things that other tourists just don't get to see. Um, most tourists stay in the west part of the country, but we'll cross the entirety of Bhutan in the course of uh, the two weeks that we are there. And uh, we'll end up in Guwahati in India, which uh, Bhutan borders on India, and we'll fly to Delhi from there. So that's kind of the official end of the tour after two weeks. And, um, and that's not all, because, I mean... While we have seen a lot of things there, um, we added a bit onto that because we thought while we're in Delhi, uh, there are some interesting, some other interesting sites to see and photograph uh, in India. So um, we are offering an optional four-day extension onto the Bhutan 2020 tour. And uh, again, optional, you don't have to, but if you want to get some other spectacular stuff, um, that. That extension will take us to Agra, where we will visit, of course, the Red Fort of Agra. But, oh, of course, the Taj Mahal. We'll go and see the Taj Mahal. That, uh, I mean, just, just just the whole Taj Mahal thing is, is already uh, kind of wonderful because uh, it's, it's one of these places that i mean it had, it took 22 years to build it took 20,000 men to build and uh, the my, the white marble was was quarried like 200 miles away and then they transported it to the side with a a fleet of 1,000 elephants i mean it's just wild and um 
the Taj Mahal is is everything that has been that has been said about it and more. And I'm yeah, this is one of one of those destinations that I've always wanted to go. So uh, that is one. And of course, then we'll we'll uh, on the way we also go to Mathura, which with his holy sadhus and the uh, the big temple and the then the impressive sandstone fortress of Fatipur Sikri. Which I've heard a lot of. Um, I'm looking forward to see. So, the the whole Bhutan thing is uh, is exciting. Happy to go back. Happy to meet those people again. So that is in April 2020, and that's the first half of 2020 when it comes to my travels: Lake Baikal on ice, Ethiopia, and the Omo Valley tribes, and a a photographic journey across Bhutan. And if you choose so also to the Taj Mahal and of course all of those um, will be accompanied by two professional photo instructors I'm teaming up with Tim again for these Uh, we've traveled together for years we're a great team and maybe one of those tours is interesting to you so just head over to discoverthetopfloor.com Hi Chris, it's Bernard in Ireland with a question that's a bit off the wall but I'd like to ask it anyway I wonder if you use EXIF information inside imagery for any special purposes, like perhaps for cataloging or indexing images. Do you have a method that you're using that's dependent upon the EXIF files um, beyond just the, just beyond the date and time or the file name? And the second question I'm interested in is, do you recommend could you recommend a specific EXIF viewer or a specific EXIF program that I might use to inject information into an image? Let me give some background. What I'm currently doing with some creative media students is we're attempting to digitally record through the use of a rostrum camera hundreds, well, thousands of pages of grave records So we're recording or imaging with cameras the handwritten logs of where people are buried in County Tipperary, Ireland. And it would be pretty easy to take that imagery and to give it more information through the use of EXIF data. So I'm wondering, do you have a recommendation if I were to go and get an EXIF program, a program that could inject EXIF data to the image, what would it be? Thanks a million. I love the podcast. Bye Th- for now. Thank you, Bernie. Uh, and hello to Ireland. Let's try to clarify the terms first, because um, I think it's important to have those together. Metadata, that's pretty much the, the overarching term about that that means data that's not in the that's not the photo itself right you look at a photo but there's this all this metadata around it that pretty much describes the photo right um and then there are two major categories there when it comes to photos one is exif and exif is pretty much what the camera adds to the photo that, that will be the file name the pixel dimensions uh, the date and time when the photo's been taken, what aperture it was taken with, the shutter speed it was taken with, the ISO. Um, EXIF includes, like, if the flash fired or not. It has the GPS coordinates, I think, uh, are part of the EXIF. Even the camera serial number. 
So it's, I would say, mainly technical information about the photo. And then there's the second set of metadata, and that is the IPTC data. And I think that's what you're looking at. Uh, IPTC, by the way, is an organization. It's the, <laughs> the International Press Telecommunications Council. And they, at least they define this metadata standard that is now named after them. So uh, the IPTC data, yeah, it's, it's, it's a standard and it contains more of the like non-technical metadata, stuff that you add to the photo. And that would be stuff like, I don't know, a headline. Again, this, is, this comes from the press originally, but that would be a headline or um, the, the category, the city the photo has been taken in, the copyright information, name of the photographer and their address, their phone, their email, and their website all this stuff that you want to add in there. And just hearing <laughs> your project, the digitally recording uh, hundred thousands or more of pages of grave records, that sounds like a project where you will need metadata. You will need that data, otherwise you'll have a hard time finding anything in those pages ever again. So yeah, you <laughs> you, you have <laughs> probably identified the issue Um but yeah, what, you, what you're looking for is a way to record IPTC data and metadata in general. Uh, now you asked about injecting that information into photos and part of that is possible, yeah. I'm not sure it is the way to go though because, I mean, there are two approaches here. There's the injection approach, where which means you would modify the file and embed the information inside the image file. Which is great if it's just a few files, and uh, you have, but if, if we're talking hundreds of thousands of files, that will be the slowest search process that you'll ever have seen. So it's probably not uh, a good idea. The second thing that I would probably go for is a DAM, a digital asset management uh, tool, software system, um, something that can keep the pictures and the metadata together and in sync, but usually kind of database-based uh, system, so it's fast. Again, hundreds of thousands of uh, things to search through. Um, you want something that's a bit more speedy. And uh, in this way, you would have kind of uh, the database on one side, the pictures on another, and this system holds that together and lets you organize things. And um, so that would be kind of outside of the pictures, but still keeping them together. And then you might be able to like export photos um, to to another location. And during that export process, you could embed some of that information for the recipient to use. Um, but yeah, this is highly theoretical. Uh, one example for a dam for digital asset management software is Lightroom, which I still use. I, I have over like over a hundred thousand photos in my Lightroom catalog and. Um, the metadata that I ha I use is I have keywords for the different photos and there's other metadata um, like the aperture and the and the focal length and stuff and I'll I'll sort or filter by that metadata so just as an example um, when I did the wide angle book I needed to find wide angle photos in my catalog and of course I opened Lightroom and searched for all photos below a certain focal length and uh, above a certain rating level and that worked just fine. Um, another example is if I, let's say I want to find photos from my Ethiopia tour in 2014 that have like say a four star rating or higher, I can set a filter for that. 
I would just filter for the year 2014 and then for the key, keyword Ethiopia, which all of those photos have, and for like a rating of that, at least four stars. And then only those pictures that have all these things in common would show up. Uh, so having good metadata that suits your project and your purpose will make it easy to find things. So I think you'd have to make two decisions at this point. And the first one kind of lays the groundwork. I think it's really important to really think about what would be your taxonomy. Now, this term means pretty much simply means it's a classification system. Um, a taxonomy can be it's always always tailored to what you're doing there, and that will help you find things later. That's its purpose. Uh, let's say an example for a, for a taxonomy would be again my photo tours. I could classify by geographic location in a in a, in a deep hierarchy, like I, that on the top is Milky Way, and then Earth, and then Asia, and then Himalayas, and under that is uh, Bhutan and other Asian countries, and then there's Paro, which is the capital of Bhutan. That would be a kind of a classic geographical hierarchical classification system or taxonomy. Uh, or I could classify by, I don't know, by photographic experiences. Um, I could have information, meta information attached to my photos for like people and landscapes and ice and water and culture and wildlife. And that would be more of a like taxonomy that's more flat, more of a flat hierarchy. Um, but again, that has to be tailored to what you need with your project. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 a very that's an important thing to decide on because that might dictate where you go next. And then when you have decided on the taxonomy that makes sense in your context, in the context of your project, um, then you're looking at a at a dam system, a digital asset management system that fits your needs or the project's needs and the the taxonomy's needs, and that allows you to make use of that ordering system. Now, I wish I, I'd be able to just point you to <laughs> buy this and you're done. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of dams out there. And unfortunately, I do not have a full market overview of, of which is the right one for you. I, I personally use Lightroom mainly, and this is only for photos, mainly because it fits my needs. And it, it combines the dam functionality which in Lightroom, by the way, is the library. So that's your damn portion of the program. But it, it's, it combines that with tools that are like the specific to photo editing. The, the cropping, the white balance, all the things that make the photos look pretty, right? So that, it fits my needs. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm still hoping for, <laughs> for like Serif, who do the Affinity Photo product, um, I really, I'm really hoping for them to release a good alternative to Lightroom soon because, I mean, it's a little sidebar, but just the latest news about Adobe doubling the price on their photo subscription, it doesn't really spark any joy in me, not at all. So, uh, Bernie, thanks for your question. I'm not saying use Lightroom because it probably will not fit your needs, but I hope that at least I managed to give you... Uh, bit of a starting point to get you going in the right direction.
All right, that was it for this episode of Tips from the Top Floor. Uh, Bernie, maybe the Tips from the Top Floor Slack is a good place for you to get in touch with other TFTTF listeners. Um, the Slack is our free community discussion ground, our our water cooler, and there's channels for all sorts of topics. And I'm pretty sure there are some others listening to this right now who have had this, that issue before and who would love to help you solve your problem. Uh, if you're not on the TFTTF Slack just yet, Go to tfttf.com slash yslack, that's W-H-Y-S-L-A-C-K. Link is in the show notes. And you'll be on board in no time. And uh, yeah, maybe that way you can solve your problem with the help of this amazing community. Also, don't forget the TFOP, the Future of Photography casting is still ongoing. Um, here's a shortcut. Go to tfttf.com slash tfopcasting and uh, find out more. If you like this episode, you can, of course, always buy me a coffee at tfttf.com slash coffee or consider joining the ever-growing list of amazing patrons over at tfttf.com slash Patreon. Again, here are the wonderful people who are the reason this episode exists. And as a token of my appreciation, here's in the order of the support tiers all the patrons who supported this episode. Jeremy Kirvin, Jeffrey Block, Alex Crozo, Alin Simeonoyu, yes, I practiced that one, Daniel Hertrich, Doug Gabbard, Ken Davidson, Marco Binder, Matt Armstead, Peter Morrow, Roger Needle, Tom Stewart, Eran Pinasov, Stu Silverman, Alan Bruce Horn, Andrew B., Anthony Bartek Boski, Chad Lee Clark, Chandra, Christopher Greenhill, Dave Smith, David Reck, Francesco Scalioni, Holger Krupp, James Trimble, Jim Caldwell, Greg Anastasi, John Donahue, Josh Hopko, Jasmine MR, Ken Berrien, Kyle Nishioka, Marvin Aaron, Michael Grunert, Peter M. Spradling, Rob Duber, Robert Goschko, Ryan Gilio, Scott Sina Farad, Steven Sandler, Thomas Nielsen, Trevor Palmer, and Woody. And I thank you all so much. And if you want to hear your name here on the show, consider joining this illustrious group of awesome people at tfttf.com slash Patreon. Thank you so much. Music for the show by Jeff Smith, signed partner Hans Peter Kagrat Publishing, and Slack Challenges by Release Pixie, Matt Rastetra Armstead, Slack Invitations by Chief Invitation Officer, CIO Rusty Russ. And the link to get on the Slack is, of course, in the show notes. My name is Chris Marquardt. You'll find me on social media at Chris M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T. Go out and take amazing photos, share them with the world, be nice to each other, and happy shooting. <laughs>